Hello and welcome to episode number three of the Father Time podcast. It's high time for Father Time. And that's what we want to do. We want to encourage fathers to step up, to lead their homes, spiritually speaking. And uh, we hope that we're doing just that as you tune in each month on the Father Time podcast. We've got Scott Kane with us again. We've got Matt McBrayer as well. And I'm so thankful for both of you tuning in each month to help us with these discussions. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is the, the fact that, you know, Father, it takes time. If you're going to step up as the spiritual leader of your home, it's going to take some sacrifice of time. It's going to take a lot of effort, uh, but that's not something uh, that we're incapable of doing. We certainly can do it as fathers, and we want to encourage you uh, to do that. This is a podcast by fathers for fathers. And again, as we said, the goal of this podcast is to help you, uh, the listener, fathers in particular listening to this, to be the spiritual leader in your home. Now, guys, we talked about last month uh, the need for fathers to step up in ways that, generally speaking, have uh, not really uh, happened for a long time, at least in this nation. And this month, we want to take note of the fact that if we're going to do that, again, it's going to take a considerable uh, investment of our time. Now, before we get into that discussion, as we always do, we want to have a quick devotional for fathers. And uh, for this month's devotional, we have Scott, and uh, we'll go ahead and turn it over to him. Last month, we discussed, as Chase said, the idea of stepping up, stepping up. And it requires some commitment on the part of dad, some decisions on the part of dad. If we're going to step up, if we're going to lead, and if we're going to make the investments that we have to make, then we're going to have to make some decisions. We're going to have to decide to be different. What do we mean by that? Well, that means we're going to have to decide that just because the world's doing it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. The wide gate and the broad path leads to destruction, and many there be that go in there at Matthew 7. 21, 22, uh, 13 and 14, rather. When we talk about being dad, then we have to decide that our family is not going to follow the world. We're going to follow the Lord. We're not going to walk the way of the earth. We're going to walk the way of heaven. We are going to stand out. We're going to look like a sore thumb. We're going to look like a, a green apple in a red basket. We're going to be different. But that's what Christ has called his people to be is different. So if we're, if we're going to make the investment of time, first it's a matter of deciding to be different. Next, it's a matter of deciding to be dedicated. Moses gave tremendous instruction in Deuteronomy concerning parenting. And often we'll talk about Deuteronomy 6, picking up there at about verse 7. These words shall I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. But if we back up in Deuteronomy 6 and take a look at what Moses says prior to that, Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. What he's saying is all about God. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Everything that follows is contingent upon a love of God. And when I have a love of God, then Moses says next, These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. When we decide we're going to love God. When we decide that we're not just taking our children to church, we're taking them to worship. We're not just doing Bible time. We're, we're teaching them about our Lord. We're not just going through the motions and the routines. I love my God. 
Now, in our society, there are men that treat their wives a lot like they treat their Lord. I have to go home. I have to go see the old ball and chain. And there are people that are treating God like he's a ball and chain instead of like he's the one that liberates us from the ball and chain of sin. When we look at our proper relationships the way we ought, we'll have much more of a concern and care for them. Love the Lord thy God with all the heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. When we love him, we imbibe his words. And then teaching his words, now that just naturally follows, which is why Moses then says, thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. Thou shalt talk about them when thou sittest in the house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and thou risest up. If we're going to make the commitment regarded, regarding time, then it's going to be a matter of deciding to be different, deciding to be dedicated. Now, notice how dedicated Moses says to be. Speak about these things when you sit in your house, when you're at home, when you walk by the way, when you're not, when you lie down, bedtime, when you rise up in the morning. That's very similar to something that the Apostle Paul would have to say concerning the overall Christian life in Ephesians 5, 16, when he said we're to be redeeming the time. It's not just about finding time. It's about making time. It's not just about squeezing out the time. It's about taking the time. And when we think about the way the term taking the time, well, if I take something, that means that I reach and I grab it and I hold on to it. We can reach and grab and hold on to our time. The, the athletic program does not have to steal our time. The school system does not have to steal our time. The extracurricular activities, activities don't have to steal our time. And in many cases, youth group activities don't have to steal our time. The primary and fundamental responsibility for rearing children in God's way are the parents, ultimately the father. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, which brings us to our next thought. If we're going to invest the time, we have to decide to be different, decide to be dedicated, and decide to be dad. Decide to be the dad that God has called us to be, summoned us to be. The one that is willing to tell the children, I'm sorry, I've not been doing this right, but we're going to do better. I'm sorry, but just because the world's doing it doesn't mean we have to do it. I'm sorry, but I'm your dad, and I've got a responsibility to show you God. And, and I'm going to do that first and foremost. Dads, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. It's just a matter of making the decision. And as we move forward, it's a matter of seeing how that time falls into place. From birth to age 18, we've got 6,575 days with them. That's 157,788 hours. And far too many dads are wasting about 150,000 of those hours, and they spend the other 7,000 just falling behind. In a given week, we've got 168 hours. Or in a given day, we've got 24 hours. Are we making the most of that time? Are we redeeming it? Or as a statistic we noted last week, when dads are spending 30 minutes a week with their children while the kids spend 44 hours a week on television, who are we allowing to rear them? We've got to decide to be dedicated, decide to be different, and decide to be dad. Hopefully these words are a challenge and an encouragement, and we're thankful that you're listening to us. We hope we'll be able to help each other all grow as we move forward. Well, I needed to hear that. So, Scott, I appreciate that. Um, I love what you said about being different. You know, the Bible teaches that Christians are to be a peculiar people, zealous of good works. What's another word for peculiar? 
strange, weird. You know what? Sometimes people are going to look at us and they're going to say, you're weird. You're strange. Christians, we've got to learn to take that as a compliment. We don't want to be like the world around us. So I, I really appreciate your thoughts there. And of course, the dedication, you know, you, you brought in Deuteronomy chapter six again, uh, and the things that can steal our time away from instilling, you know, biblical values in our children. And then just be dad, just uh, step up as God has called us to be. Really enjoyed that. I may have to turn that into a sermon at some point. <laughs> but uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on on those devotional thoughts? Yeah, I, I just kind of whenever I think about that, I, I was thinking also about uh, Romans chapter 12, you know, being conformed rather than, uh, you know, being conformed and transformed. You know, we want to be transformed. You know, right. we don't want to be conformed to this world. Um, and so many people are. And and uh, that has uh, found its way into the Christian home. I'm just kind of being conformed to this world. And you're right. You know, um, the things that we're doing are by most accounts, people are going to look at it as being very strange. Uh, but if we want to get our, our children to heaven, then we're going to do strange things. We're may even take drastic measures in order to do that. Absolutely. You're exactly right. But uh, again, we can, we can do this. Dads, fathers, we can step up. We can lead in ways that God has called us to lead. Let's uh, move into our discussion for this month in particular. And again, the uh, episode is titled Father, It Takes Time. We're going to uh, begin with the discussion of a couple of verses. Uh, Scott already made reference to uh, the book of Ephesians. We want to look at Ephesians 6, verse 4, and uh, we also want to look at Proverbs 22, verse 6. And let's make some connections there, uh, make some connections to some other passages in Ephesians as well. Uh, But Matt, if you would, if you would read uh, Ephesians 6, verse 4 for us, and then also uh, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Okay. Uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 4, American Standard Version says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but nurture them in the chastening and admonition of the Lord. And then Proverbs 22 and verse 6, also from the American Standard, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Okay. Um, So you mentioned the American Standard Version. Uh, Looking at the New King James, looking at the, uh, the Old King James, Uh, I believe we've got the words in uh, Ephesians 6, verse 4. We've got the training. Uh, We've got nurture and admonition of the Lord. And the American Standard brings up the idea of chastening, I believe you read. And uh, those are all good words to describe, you know, our role as fathers to to nurture, to train, uh, to uh, provide admonition, to provide chastening when necessary. And uh, so we want to make these connections between Ephesians 6, verse 4 and uh, training up a child in the way he should go, Proverbs 22, verse 6. So, uh, guys, what are your thoughts on making these connections? Well, they both involve the responsibility of fathers, absolutely. Uh, Ephesians 6, 4 is uh, by far the strongest passage uh, of the two in regard to uh, training them in the way of the Lord. Proverbs 22, 6 is not as much about... um, the need to train as much as it is about how to train. Um, This passage has actually been used by some to say, well, if you bring up your children in the Lord, then when they get older, they won't leave the Lord. Uh, That's not the case. They have to make their own decisions. 
And uh, frankly, there are some brethren that teach this verse as a, a second cousin to Calvinism, and that's just not the case. The point of Proverbs 22.6 is train up a child in the way that he should go, in the way that he's bent, in the way of his inclination or his, uh, his abilities to learn. Now, that absolutely takes time. Because it takes time to learn how a child learns, to see a child's personality. And frankly, if parents are as observant as we ought to be, we ought to be realizing our children's personalities before our children do. Um, training up a child in the way that he should go pertains not to saying, hey, here's what you need to be. No, training up a child in the way that he should go is a father that realizes that just because I'm a farmer doesn't mean my son has to be. Or just because I'm a doctor doesn't mean my son has to be. It means bringing, the, bringing them up in a way that's based on their age and their learning abilities, whether it's the, the toddlers and preschoolers that learn by imagination or the, the high schoolers that learn through real life experience and realizing that I can't teach a toddler like a high schooler or a high schooler like a toddler. And there are different stages in between. Training up a child in the way they should go involves their individuality, realizing that everyone is different. Their differences can pertain to gender, can pertain to uh, birth order. Your your oldest child, your middle child, your uh, middle children, your youngest child, they're all going to have different proclivities. And the point of Proverbs 22, 6 is about focusing on knowing the child. Because if I don't know my children, I can't teach them much at all. Scott, Proverbs 22, 6 is more about what the dad's learning than the children. Scott, can I bring something into that? I appreciate your, your bringing that Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 22, where Paul says he became all things to all men so that by all means he might save some. Is there really the same kind of principle there? You know, we need to be applying that principle to our families? Uh, very similar. Absolutely. Uh, Paul was talking about his adaptation, uh, being willing to be a Jew to the Jew and a Greek to the Greek, so to speak. Um, and uh, while there are times when there's only so much adjustment that we can do in terms of our personalities to our children because they might be so different we can't adjust our teaching style and this is about teaching them in the way that they learn some children learn they're auditory learners you tell them one time they hear it it sticks other children are more hands-on uh, and we we have a son that if he watches it on a video he'll never forget it but if you tell it to him a hundred times he may or may not remember uh, because he learns differently. And that's okay. It's not a matter of superior or inferior. It's just a matter of learning your children and how they learn. So Proverbs 22, 6 is a, uh, a huge set of instructions in terms of how to teach. Ephesians 6, 4 is about what to teach and the direction to try to lead them spiritually. Duly noted. And uh, I just want to say, I guess I need to go make some videos for my son so he can he can learn because we <laughs> we, we tell him all day long <laughs> i need to show him some videos i guess uh matt what are your thoughts well you know specifically when you look at um you know going back to what scott was saying and the uh different proclivities that everybody has um even when it comes to you know, discipline is an act of instruction it's just trying to make sure that your children understand their uh, boundaries and um, with you know some children I won't point any of mine out but uh, with some children uh, you can give them a stern look and that's all you have to do and then they will get right back in line uh, some you sit down you have a talk with them 
and and they'll do the same thing. There are others, though, that if you try to do those previous things, it's not going to get through. You're going to have to find a different way of taking care of things. Maybe you, uh, depending on the situation, you maybe you have to you know, spank them. Maybe you take something away. Um, but you're getting their attention uh, so that they learn a lesson. Um, the same thing happens with, with really anything. Um, you're going to have to teach them in a way they're going to get it. And, um, and so, yeah, the, what, what Scott is saying is right. You know, you've got to uh, train, train up your children in the way that they are going to be able to, to grasp it. That's for sure. In Ephesians 6 and verse 4, um, you know, we need to make sure that we are you know, nurturing uh, our children. We're training them. And we're doing that in the Lord. We're doing that in his authority. We're doing that by his word. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to train our children in order for, uh, for them to uh, grow up and to have good values and things like that. Now, I know uh, what, what sometimes people will say is uh, uh, that uh, they'll try to um, go like on the opposite end of the spectrum, We you know, as far as uh, Proverbs 22 and verse 6, and I'll say, well, we have no uh, really say in how our, our children turn out. That's simply not true either. I mean, yes, everybody's got free will, uh, but the fact that we are commanded to rear our children in certain ways and God gives us encouragement in those ways uh, means that, yeah, it's possible for us to do it. We can train them up. Is it a guarantee? Um, you know, no, generally, is it, you know, yeah, we can, we, if we train them up, uh, in the way that, uh, you know, that is in the admonition of the Lord, then yeah, yeah, they're, they're more likely to, uh, follow God. And the same would be the case with anybody else before anybody gets upset about that. Um, just think about, uh, you know, certain things. I think the statistic is, uh, somewhere around 80% of people that grew up in homes where their parents smoked, guess what they do? They smoke. Why? Well, that's what they saw. Yeah. If you're going to have a, a home where you're serving the Lord, guess what your children are most likely to do? They're likely to serve the Lord. And um, I've met with parents before that have gone, I don't know where I've messed up here. I don't know what I've done wrong. And I don't want to add to that and say well you know <laughs> but uh it is interesting sometimes people go well, i don't know what i did wrong and you're sitting there thinking well your husband's not a christian and he goes fishing every sunday and you had two boys that like to fish what do you think they're going to do mm-hmm. you know um it, it just makes sense see if we're going to rear our children in the admonition of the lord we're going to nurture them and train them in the admonition of the lord uh, we're going to have much better results in them wanting to follow the Lord. Is it a guarantee? You know, no, it's not a guarantee. Um, is it more likely to happen? Absolutely. Yeah, you, you know, you look at likelihoods and then you also look at, you know, the factor of free will and they do have free will. And so uh, right. there's always that factor. But our, our chances greatly increase if we're if we're right. doing our job um, as parents. Um, you know, we, we bring in this word nerd nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I'm reminded of the old nature versus nurture debate. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have, I heavily lean towards nurture. Um, I know there's genetic factors in some things. That's the nature part or whatever they want to call it. But 
nurture matters. Uh, you know, that's that's the environment in which we're bringing up our children. It matters so much into, uh, you know, what we're we're putting into our children. The old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Well, if right. we're putting garbage in to our parenting, then it's a high likelihood that there's going to be garbage out. And so we've got to make sure and and secure uh, godly values in our home yeah. from the parenting perspective. Can I add to that for just a second? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, you know, my my master's is in, you know, counseling. And so, um, you know, this is the highly contested debate. You know, is it is it nature or is it nurture? Um, and I tend to agree with you. I think that there is a little of both. You know, you're you. For example, a person that's got an anger problem um, might have some genetics involved with how they handle something, the way that their mind thinks about something. But um, you can train some of that out. Right. And so a person's environment, what they've seen is going to help them in that regard. And so I just thought I'd add that. I think, you know, um, yeah, someone might go, well, I've got a chemical imbalance. That's really, you know, like that's not really the average person that we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, uh, the whole aspect of uh, nature and nurture is, is certainly a little of both at least. Yeah. The brilliance of what God has to say on that, especially when you combine the two passages we're discussing, Proverbs 22, six, Ephesians six, four, uh, on the debate of nature or nurture, ultimately, what does it matter? Because if we follow Proverbs 22, six and learn their nature, then we're going to be better prepared to know how to nurture. Right. To know how to to guide them in the direction they need to go, uh, right. and not just according to their bent and their proclivities and their interests, but to guide them toward God. And for what it's worth, the uh, the instructions given in Ephesians six four, train them up. You know that training uh, involves something that's ongoing, absolutely. Uh, but it, it is training. It's practice. It's repetition. It's not just one time. I told you this boy. Young lady, you remember it forever. No, it's it's training and repetition because right. it takes uh, repetition to learn. But training them up and training them up in the nurture, well, the idea of nurture pertains to positive instruction and direction. There are too many parents that they they train only with thou shalt nots instead of with thou shouts. Instead of telling their children how to do something correctly, they just say do it and then chastise them for doing it incorrectly. And that can be applied both physically and spiritually. Training them up in the nurture means showing them how to do it right. The admonition means letting them know when they haven't done it right. But when we're only giving them negative reinforcement and criticism because they've made mistakes, instead of the positive reinforcement of here's how to do it, here's, here's how it's done, uh, then they they begin to feel like they can never do anything right. They feel like they can never please dad. And they eventually start to feel like they can never please God because their perspective of God is going to be based on their perspective of dad. So that nurture and admonition of the Lord is very much reflective of the way God has dealt with his people. Yeah, and, and one of the other things that we mentioned uh, last month or maybe the month before, you know, we may give them all the fear but we need to also remember to give them the love aspects of things as well in, in the sense that we want to please our parents because we love them. We want to please God because we love him. And uh, yes, fear is a big part of that. Uh, but also there's the love aspect of it uh, as well. So um, now this is a podcast for fathers. So we're talking 
mostly emphasizing fathers and and this is for us you know there might be some others that listen to this as well and certainly there's some things that they could glean also but i do want to say that uh you know we're not going to minimize the role of a mother uh, by any means uh in this podcast but at the same time what we are doing is we are highlighting um um i guess we might could use the word elevating in a sense we're we're focusing on the leadership role uh, of fathers. We're, we're making sure that we realize as fathers that our role is so crucial. We talk about, you know, father, it takes time. We need to realize, you know, you referenced uh, redeeming the time back in Ephesians chapter five uh, earlier in the episode. It does take time. It does take effort. And uh, that is, that's going to mean that it's not just a, a halfway uh, kind of approach to fatherhood. We're going to have to be all in. We're going to have to uh, truly put God first ourselves. And then, uh, you know, as we put God first, you know, we also need to to highly regard our families and realize, hey, we as fathers, we need to step up. We need to try to, to help our families get to heaven and be with God one day. So absolutely. And if we're going to do that, it's uh, instead of looking at it as obligation, it also, it's going to help to help us to look at it as opportunity. Where are the opportunities to instill these principles? And that can take us back to Deuteronomy 6 as well. Sit down, rise up, uh, walking by the way, sitting in the house. Uh, but again, when it's an integrated part of the life, then we're finding opportunities. And it becomes such second nature that it's not a matter of incorporating something into our lives that seems awkward or like it doesn't fit. It's it's become who we are. Right. I, you know, I think, too, like, you know, we've kind of spent a little, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit of time at the end of Ephesians 6, 4. But you think about the beginning of Ephesians 6, 4, you know, fathers provoke not your children to wrath. Um, you know, why? Why is that said to dads? Because, like, you know, if if anybody is going to be the one to fly off the handle is it going to be mom or dad you know um typically it's going to be dad you know dad might have the little anger issues that pop out here and there um but you know you could really ruin um an opportunity with your children if you don't have control of yourself and if you're going to try to nurture them in the admonition of the lord how are you going to do that if um you are provoking your children you know if you are not the leader of your home if you're not you know the one that is um you know the calm cool and collected guy that can make rational decisions um and and not be cruel and unusual in your punishments um you know that you're going to have a hard time training your children uh, to do the right thing to follow the lord yeah um, another thing we need to watch out for is hypocrisy Kids, kids can spot, you know, a hypocrite from a mile away, as the saying goes. And, um, you know, I, I listened to a podcast the other day, I think it was, and they were talking about how, um, you know, sometimes people, they realize that their father was not who they thought they were, and it makes a really tremendous impact on them. We need to make sure that we realize um, our children are watching us. And we need to be upfront and honest with them. We need to let them know uh, we're not perfect and, and we fall. We fall short. 
but we also need to step up and do our best to set that set the tone and um, show them the way of righteousness. And when we do fall, show them the way of repentance and and you know be willing to say, "I'm sorry, I messed up." And we need to make it to where when they do realize, you know, the kids always look up to daddy. Um, but when they realize, you know what, daddy's not perfect, they realize it in such a way that it's it's going to not um, not be traumatic or, or what have you, but rather it's going to show them, okay, uh, daddy's not perfect, but he's making it right when he when he messes up, you know. Um, let's let's go to some practical tips. Y'all have any practical tips? For uh, you know, we're talking about time specifically. Do you have any practical tips for ensuring that we do have enough time to get into this routine of being in the Word with our families, praying with our families, etc.? Uh, what are some ways that we can make sure that we have enough time uh, in the mornings, uh, in the evenings, to make sure that we're prioritizing this? Yes, the first thing that would come to mind would be it's a lot like the uh, the finances that we give back to God. God deserves what's first, not what remains, or another way to say it, he deserves what's right, not what's left. Are we going to allocate a, an amount of time to uh, this effort, uh, or are we just going to take the leftovers and, and squeeze it in? There are times when uh, events take place that really change our schedules. We understand that. Some things are out of our hands. Then there are times when... Uh, Maybe you're on the road and traveling and you have to work your Bible time into uh, the journey while you're tra you're driving. Well, that's great. Terrific. Um, but it's a matter of making that decision and, and making sure that that's what comes first. There have been occasions where there have been such busy Sundays that uh, Bible time on Sunday night had to be abbreviated, uh, not because spiritual things had not been important, but because so many spiritual things had been important that the day ran out of minutes. Well, that can happen. Uh, but when the day runs out of minutes because we we spent the Saturday watching the, the, the recent Marvel movie marathon at the local theater instead of uh, allocating time for God's word, then there's a problem. So it comes back to something we've said before, which is priorities, but a commitment to those priorities. We're going to set apart this amount of time. And then as it pertains to those priorities, making it reasonable as you get started. Uh, allowing some flexibility. You, you say, hey, we're going to shoot for spending 20 minutes. Uh, well, then give yourself 30. Uh, give yourself some time to go, uh, uh, because it's going to happen. Give your children some time to go, can you explain that again? Because they're going to need it. Right. And yes, it, it will need to expand a little bit beyond 20 and 30 minutes. Uh, in a given day, uh, especially depending on the ages of the children, but give yourself a reasonable amount of time as you get started, be committed to it. And from there it will grow. And for each family, it will, it will actually develop into exactly what the family needs it to be provided that the, the steering and the direction and the motivation are being supplied by dad, especially. Yeah, I am. Um, I kind of wondered uh, what what everybody's thoughts were on that because one of the things that we've done too is that if um somebody you know we're having having a gospel meeting in some some place we're going to go to that 
and we're going to fellowship. We made fellowship, you know, into uh, the early hours of the morning because, you know, we homeschool. And so we don't have to be back for, you know, our kids to be at school at eight or seven or whatever. Um, and so we might do that, you know, on the way home. Um, sometimes, you know, those things kind of take precedent, but we, um, we end up you know, doing that on the road sometimes as well. Uh, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I don't like it as much. It's not, it's not as nice, you know, to be able to do it, you know, cause you're trying to, you're driving down the road, trying not to wreck into anybody at the same time that you're asking your kids questions or, you know, talking about the scripture. And so it's not really the most ideal situation. Um, but you know, just those priorities are, are big deal. Um, you know, just trying to make sure that you, and I know I don't always do this the best. Um, but just trying to schedule out your time that you're going to, you know, spend such amount of time every night. Um, and you're going to do Bible time during that time. Um, I know like, I know we've, we've kind of kind of hinted at some of this stuff and people do things different ways. I know that uh, Sundays and Wednesdays, uh, we spend uh, uh, time in the scriptures with our brethren and a lot of times in fellowship afterwards. And uh, we don't do Bible time on those nights. But the rest of the week is when we're we're planning on doing that kind of stuff. So we we uh, want as much time as we can studying the Bible. Um, but it is interesting. I know that some guys, you know, like Scott in particular, uh, you know, you're, you're taking time on Sundays and Wednesdays anyway. Well, that might mean that if you're going to do it in the evening, uh, you might have to do it in the afternoon. You know, you might have to do it in the morning, you know, because um, if you're getting out and it's late, and your kids are tired, um, they might not be cognizant of anything uh, by the time you're ready to have Bible time. So yeah, you've got to, you got to just kind of fit it in, find a place. It's just like anything else. They tell you to work out. You want to work out. Well, it's not going to fall on your lap. You've got to go make time. Yeah. And as far as that goes, you think about Peter's exhortation as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. First Peter two, two. Now for what it's worth, Peter was talking to Christians, some of whom had been in the church for up to 30 years by the point, by the time he wrote that letter, some may have been converted back on the day of Pentecost, but he was speaking to the entire group when he said, desire God's word like newborn babes desire milk. The point being, uh, when, when we talk about food, there are times when maybe I, I forget to eat lunch. And so I end up eating lunch late, but before long I'm hungry and I'm ready to eat. Well, if we truly have uh, instilled within ourselves a desire for God's word and a desire for that Bible time, uh, yes, there are times when the day gets gets hectic with other reasonable, right, righteous responsibilities, but we're going to get the craving. We're going to have the urge and the hunger to open up that book, and our children are going to have it as well. Uh, so we we want to commit ourselves to the the time ahead of time. But yes, we have to be flexible and adjust. Sometimes, sometimes we might say, okay, we're going to have to uh, push forward this particular study to tomorrow night. Uh, with, um, with our family, there are times when we'll double up on the next night because so much had been taking place with the church or we had, we had a Bible study with, uh, 
with someone the previous night and the Bible study had ended later than the, the children's eyes could handle. They couldn't stay open. Um, so there are times when adjustments need to be made, but those adjustments need to be made for spiritual reasons, uh, not just because physical priorities have gotten in the way and we've gotten the cart before the horse, so to speak. Um, and also, as it pertains to that and the allocation of time, uh, sometimes it's just a matter of forfeiting things that shouldn't be there anyway. Forfeiting that time spent watching televisions, forfeiting that time uh, scrolling through Facebook, looking at a whole lot of nothing, forfeiting that time uh, uh, that's just spent twiddling thumbs, uh, and then doubling up on time. You can have a, a Bible study at the table as you have dinner. You can talk about what you learned from God's word and say maybe what questions they have from their reading uh, while you're involved in another activity. Um, Moses didn't say sit down and stop every time you want to talk about the Bible so that your feet aren't moving. He said you can talk about it while you walk by the way. So uh, in terms of just practical tips for the time, it's a matter of, again, finding opportunity. But that desire is going to be huge. When the desire is there, we find the time. Yeah. Yeah. There, there may be some things that we have to cut down on, cut back, if you will. And there might be some things that we have to just cut out, you know, just remove them from our lives in order to make sure that we can uh, prioritize this. And, uh, you know, sometimes it may be that, okay, tonight for our Bible time, uh, you're going to say your memory verses, and then we're going to have a prayer. And it might be, you know, a quicker Bible time, but at least you're you've still done something and, and then you can double up the next night or, or what have you. Now let's be realistic though. Let's say a father has been getting into father to uh, family Bible time with his, with his wife and children in the last few months, as we've been encouraging on this podcast. And let's say that something does come up and it's not one of those good reasons, but maybe it is a bad reason. And uh, you know, he skips a night. And if we're not careful before, you know it, two nights have been skipped and then three. And then before you know it, it just falls out of, out of, uh, you know, practice. What would we say to encourage a father who may find himself in that situation, uh, just being realistic and understanding that that's a possibility. How would we encourage him to, to get back on the horse, so to speak? Matt, I'll let you start if you want. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I kind of think about this with just, you know, planning. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm kind of a nerd in this regard, but I like, I like planners. I like to sit down and plan out my quarters and stuff like that. But kind of, if you know, what's going to go on in the day, then whenever those things come up, you're going to have a little bit more of a heads up, you know, you know, I even might need to, you know, write something down like, you know, it's football season, you know, right now. Um, but, um, it is. It's important to just say, look, I, I may not have the time to to sit down and enjoy this whole thing. Or maybe you say, I, I know I like to do this. Well, but I need to make sure that we're spiritual things come first. And so you take take that before uh, take your opportunity before the game is on or something, you know. Um, but but just kind of I think planning stuff out, knowing that things are going to be coming up, um, you know. Things are going to come up anyway, and so you're going to have to kind of go with the flow sometimes. But first and foremost, you just have to have a plan in place and know 
you know, today is this day. It's I'm I'm off today. We're gonna do it this this time because later we've got this going on. Um, and some some families that maybe some of the dads listening to this, you've got a lot of extracurriculars going on. Uh, it's gonna make it hard. Um, but but just remember that it's so important for us to train up our children that we want to teach them the scriptures. We want them to go to heaven. And that should mean more than basketball games and band. It should mean more than any of that stuff. And so while we might have those things going on, uh, we need to make sure that uh, our first priority is going to be with our children. And, um, and, and we're just going to have to keep ourselves motivated. And, and listening to stuff like this, uh, talking with other dads, going through the same kind of stuff is going to help. And dads can, dads need to prepare. It takes some preliminary effort in getting ready to sit down with the family, especially when it's not something that uh, we've been in the habit of doing. But dads can also prepare while doing some other things. Maybe you're a dad that likes to hunt or fish. Well, while you've got the line in the water, while you're sitting in a stand, you can be reading through the chapters on your phone. You can be doing some cross-references in a, a, a Bible app and uh, doing some preliminary study. Um, when we make the most of the time for our own personal growth, uh, then we're gonna be benefiting our families as well. And uh, another aspect in terms of kind of what we mentioned about desire earlier, when, when we get excited about something, we tend to share it with our families. When we get excited about a sport, we, we talk to our families about it. When we get excited about uh, politics, we'll talk with our families about that too. By the way, that might not be such a good idea. It's going to be depressing nowadays for the last few years, actually. But when we get excited about things, we tend to talk with our families about those things. Are we excited about God? Do we have a zeal for God? And are we messing up like some folks having a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge? We can have a zeal for God that's based on knowledge and we get excited about what we've learned in scripture. And we're excited about sharing that with our children. And when the children see the excitement on dad's part and sharing an event from God's word or a principle from God's word, they get excited about learning it. And it's not just informational, cognitive, mental learning, it's emotional learning. And we remember 90% of what we learn emotionally. We only remember about 10% of what we learn intellectually. So when they see dad getting excited about it with the real genuine fervor, they'll get excited too, and it will stick more. So one of the things that's going to be really important for us in terms of time is the more excited we get about something, the more we make time for it. If we're excited about God's word, we'll make the time for it. That's yeah. exactly right. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry, I was just thinking about that. Scott had some good points to make, but yeah, I think as far as your study is concerned, that maybe maybe sit down and you're like studying through a book, or maybe you're studying through a book that's going on in Bible class, like, and, and so you're studying that, and you're going to use that as part of your Bible time study. But at the same time, you should supplement, I think, with things that you want to know more about. You know. Maybe even have like some question and answer time with your kids. We've done that before in the past where kids just, you know, they get to ask whatever question they wanted to about the Bible and we would do our best to answer it. And so, um, yeah, no, like just if, and I think that that's a way to get excited because you're going to learn stuff by 
making some uh, some sort of a study that you're not going to normally do. Plus, if you're studying something that you want to study, uh, you're you're going to be excited about that too. I just thought of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Scott, you had mentioned, you know, if you're in the deer stand or if you're on the lake or what have you and, and spending some time, you know, while you're doing those things, also uh, studying God's word. Another thing, not to plug scattered abroad or anything, but but uh, listen to podcasts. I mean, it is the easiest thing in the world to multitask when you're listening auditorily uh, to a podcast and, and going through biblical lessons and things. And, and that might trigger some of those exciting thoughts that you want to share with your family later. You know, something that you listened to earlier in the day uh, on a podcast that was discussing God's word. So uh, think about that as well. Uh, just to, just quickly, these last couple of points, um, you know, does a regular Bible time just happen overnight or does it require a lot of effort? We know the answer to that, but let's just talk about that for just a moment. No, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's amazing how quickly it can become a uh, a permanent and constant in the family. It, it, it requires a decision. Um, if it just happened overnight and uh, just suddenly, poof, here we are doing this, uh, then, then we wouldn't be having to have this podcast. We wouldn't be having to talk about these things. Um, <clears throat> one of the big challenges, I think, for, for dads is going to be that and we mentioned this, we've not done it and it seems awkward. Part of it is my children are bored. I've not done this with my child. And now my child is eight years old or 10 years old or 12 years old. And the later we wait, the, the indeed, the more challenging it can be. But we want to be sure that we don't word that as the harder it gets. No, it, it can be more challenging, but it doesn't have to be hard. The earlier we start, the better off we are. But even at that, the more dedicated they see that we are to it, uh, and yeah, they may put up a fuss initially. They, they may, why do we have to do this? But when they hear dad say, because I love you and I'm sorry, it'll impact them. Yeah. They'll take that to heart. Things will change. Yes. They may still get a little bit of lip every now and then, but, but when they see how much it really means sincerely and not just we're doing this because we got to do it. Um, then they will be on board. No, it doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen with a with a sincere and convicted heart. And the change can be uh, the the growing curve is going to be directly proportional to the commitment on the part of dad. Yes, and. Let's face it, we live in a society that's rushed. We live in a society where everybody in the families go in different directions, oftentimes in different rooms, doing different things. And children crave and need uh, the right kind of attention from their parents. We're talking about spiritual, uh, spiritual truths being imparted to our children. And yes, it might be a little awkward at first. We've said that several times over the course of these first three episodes, but but they will know, like you said, they will know that, hey, this is important. I need to listen up. And uh, it might just touch their heart in, in a way that's going to do great things uh, for our families. And, uh, you know, there may be some improvement in some areas that, that we're, we're looking for. You know, what is going on with the, the discipline situation in the home right now? Uh, why are they being so disrespectful? 
Well, what are you putting in? You know, and we talked about that earlier, garbage in, garbage out. Well, the opposite is also true. Good things in, good things out. And so that's why we need to do this as fathers. Yeah. Uh, Something else that's worth considering is whenever we have visitors and companies sitting in with us and uh, they get excited about it, they're encouraged by it. They're saying, wow, we need to be doing this at home. Um, then it can cause the children to appreciate exactly what's taking place in their own home, and they get even more excited about it for the future. Yes, and then, you know, Lord willing, that's going to have an impact on their future marriages as well when they they say, you know what, I'm going to do this with my family also. Uh, Matt, as we wrap up, as we wrap up the episode this month, uh, let's talk about just briefly, okay, incrementally uh, bringing this into, into our family routine. Uh, we don't want to bite off more than we can chew, but uh, how can we, you know, incrementally take the steps necessary as fathers, uh, those who are listening, to implement this uh, in our family routines? Yeah, so what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to just kind of, you know, start off, you know, maybe small sometimes and and just kind of get used to it a little bit. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's not it's not going to happen overnight. Um, you're going to have to get used to some things. Um, you're going to have to get used to some study in order to get to this point. Um, so that's that's going to be a big deal, you know. Um, but it with anything, it just takes a little bit of practice. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually I'm preparing to move right now and uh, start a new work and um I've got a guy at my house that uh, is a mutter, uh, a sheetrock uh, mutter, drywall mutter. And um, he does sheetrock. He does all kinds of stuff. But he is just fantastic at mudding. And I, it's kind of um, just satisfying watching him because he just does it so well. And I was just watching him the other day. And I was like, man, I, I, you know, part of me wishes that I could do this uh, the way that, that you could. And he said, it was kind of funny, but he said, were you really good at preaching the very first time you did it? And I was like, nope. <laughs> and he said, neither was I. It just, you know, you know how I got here? And I was like, I'm guessing years of practice, huh? And uh, and he's like, yep, that's exactly right. And I thought, well, you know, uh, that's exactly what we need to do is just lots of practice, lots of practice. Um, it's going to make us better and better and better at doing this. And a little little incremental changes in how we're doing things will make a big difference later on. Never thought I'd hear a, an illustration about drywall mudding. But, uh, You're welcome. <laughs> no, that's a good point. That, that brings up a really good uh, lesson there. You know, it takes work, it takes effort and consistency. So appreciate you guys for uh, helping with the podcast as always this month and appreciate our listeners tuning in to the Father Time podcast. We hope that this is helpful. Uh, Check out all the other podcasts at Scattered Abroad Network as well. We've got lots of different uh, shows that you can listen to and hopefully will edify you as a Christian. Tune in next month to the Father Time podcast. And Lord willing, we will have another topic and another discussion on the importance of our roles as fathers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. 
We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.